friends, welcome to Nurturing Your Nest, the podcast created to capture, explore, and navigate the journey of coming home to yourself, transitional motherhood, and connecting with our teenage daughters along their paths. I'm your host, Angie Schaefer, wife, mom of two teenage daughters, intuitive Reiki healer, transitional motherhood coach, and spiritual joy seeker. Each week, we'll come together and chat just as we are on a sofa, side by side, sharing sacred space. It is my greatest hope to help other moms by offering insights, interviews, and straight up truth to guide your questions, worries, and celebrations with a friendly voice and healing vibe. Our time is now. Let's go. friends, welcome back to the Intuitive Mother podcast. As I sit down to record this episode, we are only a few days away from Thanksgiving 2020. And before I start sharing with you a heartwarming story from my life in the past couple of weeks, I wanted to take a moment and just tell you how thankful I am for each of you that have joined me here and listened into the podcast either week after week or as you're able to catch it. It truly warms my heart every time I see a review pop in, every time a friend texts me and says how the episode touched her life that week. And this podcast really started with nothing more than this hope of bringing light into your world from my world. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Every day that I sit down to record an episode, I am reminded about how grateful I am for each and every one of you that follow me and for the friendship and the community that we get to build within the Intuitive Mother podcast. So in honor of Thanksgiving, I wanted to chat with you and share a story a very heartwarming story for me that has come up in the last couple of weeks. And I really believe the message at the end of the story is going to touch your heart and make you really think about how you're living day in and day out when it comes to interacting with others in your life. The story, of course, revolves around our sweet, six-month-old Boykin Spaniel puppy, Nash. Nash came into our lives in July and has had a series of unfortunate events, as I have mentioned on episodes in the past, that range from a vaccination reaction to eating a sock to multiple UTIs to a couple of bladder surgeries. And You could definitely say that these episodes rattled me to my core. I had never had a puppy that needed anything more than the basic training and basic love and support to guide that puppy as they were growing up and learning the rules and, um, you know, becoming a well-mannered part of our family until Nash. And... Nash is special. There is something about him that touches my heart differently than any of our previous animals. 
which is really hard for me to say because each of our previous animals and our current dog, Stella, really hold quite a large spot of my heart. I am a dog person. Um, Lucia, our first Springer Spaniel, Lizzie, our lab mix, Ruby, our second Springer Spaniel, Stella, our pointer mix, truly have all held such a big portion of my heart and really guided me in so many ways that I didn't realize my animals could do in my life. And I thank the heavens for each one of them and what they brought to my life each separately and as a whole as just learning to be a mom to puppies and dogs and seeing them through in their lifetime and watching them watch over our daughters and really become an integral part of how our family loves every day with our pets. But like I said, Nash is special. There's just always been something about him. The day that we lost our Ruby, I knew that we would be headed towards getting a Boykin Spaniel. My husband and I had fallen in love with the looks of them from the Stephen Colbert TV show. And Stephen got his own Boykin last December. I think it's Benny. And I stopped in my tracks when I saw Benny on TV that night when he introduced him. And since we loved English Springer Spaniels, but weren't sure if we wanted to bring another one into our home soon after losing our Ruby, we thought this would be the perfect next dog for our family. And while I am a huge proponent of rescuing dogs, we did go to a breeder based on the fact that our Stella does not love all other dogs. And we thought it would be best if we brought a puppy into her life that she could mother and set the rules for in her world so that she would remain the older dog that ruled the roost and would teach this puppy how to live in her home, our home. And... So like I said, Nash came into our life in July and brought with him a bunch of excitement. And of course, it all started with cuddly, sweet excitement. And um, we were not expecting multiple medical emergencies to pop up. We were certainly not expecting the large ex expensive emergency vet appointments over the last couple of months. But of course, we were expecting a sweet puppy and one with a heart of gold that would just pull us in. And that he has done. And as I mentioned, he has had these multiple bladder surgeries due to having bladder stones. And that is where this story really is heartwarming as it has progressed over the last 10 days even. We've been in and out of vets. We've seen a holistic vet, our regular vet, an emergency vet, multiple of those, um, one in our hometown and one an hour away that we in the past had really great experience with with our previous Springer Spaniel. And these vets, while loving and 
caring to our pets in the past and to Nash, we were left to feel hopeless. And as you can imagine, being told that your six-month-old puppy has their second round of bladder stones that needed to be removed or he would die because it would eventually block him or we would be faced with putting him down. And a few Thursdays ago, that was what we were faced with. And to be honest with you, at first, the decision was we would have to put him down, that we just didn't know how we could keep doing this. And our youngest daughter asked for us to bring him home so that we could get our daughters and drive back to the emergency vet and put him down and say our goodbyes down there instead of my husband and I doing it by ourselves and then coming home um, without him because our youngest had not seen him during the school day as she was on a Zoom class upstairs in her bedroom when we left emergently. So we brought him home. I shared an hour ride car, car ride home, an hour long car ride home and shed many, many tears and said many, many prayers. And I will be honest, I was mad coming home. I had prayed the whole way down to the emergency vet an hour away that God save him and that it not be bladder stones. And by the time we got there and I got the results that they were bladder stones, I had anger take over my heart for a moment. Like, how could this be happening? How could we have a six-month-old puppy that we were supposed to spend the rest of his long life with? They have a life expectancy of like 14 to 16 years, I believe. And we were faced with another round of bladder stones, another surgery, or put him down because this was probably just going to be recurrent. And so I was mad. And questioning how this could be happening to us and how my prayers couldn't be answered. And I remember my sister saying to me something to the effect that prayers are not always answered how we want them or on the timeline that we are looking for. And while I tell you this story, believe me when I say it is on my heart that there are mothers and fathers and grandparents and siblings out there in the world who are going through this with their child, not their dog, but their child. And that has weighed on my heart often in the past couple of weeks. I said to my husband once, I now have a glimmer, just a glimmer of how hard it is to live on those pins and needles with an ill child. And not being sure when the next moment of emergency will occur, but just living on the pins and needles, but with what I have found to just be faith and hope getting me through. So we brought him home. I prayed the whole way home. We get to the house. He, of course, is acting like a puppy because he has never not acted like a puppy while he's been sick multiple times. And I came upstairs to my bedroom all alone, and I threw a couple of pillows, and I screamed, and I asked God how he could be doing this 
to us how we could be faced with putting down our six-month-old dog, this puppy that I felt so incredibly connected to in my heart that I, I just couldn't bear to think of letting him go to the point where I actually said to my husband, I think someone's going to have to pull me off of him when we do. So I was angry, threw some pillows around, asked God how this could be happening, prayed some more. And then I was hit with this moment of, no, this isn't how this story is going to end. I am a Reiki healer. And as a side note, many times when I would try to give him Reiki during his various ailments, he would actually get up and walk away from me. And this drove me crazy. I didn't know why he didn't want my help. And, um, but in that moment, on that evening, I just snapped out of it and decided, wait a minute, I am a healer. I can do Reiki healing on him. It's my call if we're going to move forward with another surgery and work on healing him versus just putting him down at this point. And so I walked downstairs. I said to my husband, I'm a healer and I am going to heal him. My sister was nearby and I could see the concerned look on her face that there was no guarantee that I would be able to do this. And that was true, but it was the first time that I believed in myself as a healer so profoundly that I knew I could make positive steps in his health. And I, for the first time, released all control. As much as I was saying, I am a healer and I can heal him. I was surrendering. I said to God, it, I'm letting go. I'm a healer, but I'm letting go and I'm going to heal him. And I have faith that I'm going to be given help. And so we decided, obviously, to do another surgery. We drove him down to this emergency vet an hour away at like 9.30 that night. Drove home. He had the surgery the next day. He came home on Saturday. In the meantime, while he was there, I reached out to a local business called The Dining Dog where I live in the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania. And while I had gone there a few times to pick up food for him, when we thought he was having like vaccine reactions still and itchy skin, coincidentally, of course nothing is a coincidence, about two Saturdays before this occurred, I went to pick up more of that food and the one woman working said to me, because I told her a little bit about the story with the stones, and she said, if you need help with him and balancing his body and, you know, working with the, working with somebody to get him regulated, please let us know, you know, come back and, you know, we can help you. So I had this in my mind. And while the vet never gave us an idea of what to do after the first surgery, which, mind you, was only three weeks prior to the second surgery, which is, like, unheard of, no one had told us what to do. 
No one told us to increase his water. Now my husband did read that and added water to his dry food. Nobody told us a food to change him to, although there are urinary health foods out there for animals. They all wanted us to wait and see what the stones came back as. And I just knew that this time we were working against the clock. We either did something now or we would be looking at a third surgery or putting him down in the future. So I reached out to the dining dog and I was talking to Ada and she said, let me get you Althea, who is the owner of the dining dog. And Althea came on the phone and I practically threw everything I knew out very quickly. <laughs> overwhelming I'm sure all of his history and slowly started like pulling things that were actually further back in his history and mixing things all up but getting everything out to her and clearly concerned and overwhelmed as the pet owner and while there's so much more depth to this story I've already shared so much about Nash's history and the, the process of deciding what step was the right step for our family, for me, for him, for my husband, our children. I won't go into all the depth of, you know, the details of watching every little potty break for him and everything, but I will share with you on this Thanksgiving episode that one of the things Althea said to me on that very first phone call was, Mama, I got you. And I bring this story up at Thanksgiving, and I feel it's important to share because, number one, I am so thankful for Althea and all of the staff of The Dining Dog. Althea has given me more time, more guidance, more care and concern than any of Nash's vets. On the vet, I feel like I'm being pushed off the phone. With Althea, it just keeps going and I know that I'm that she's got me, that she is holding me up and helping to guide me in the right things to do for our sweet puppy. And the only other time I can remember experiencing this where, you know, I used to do something in the medical field and then I shifted to a more holistic approach and a um, nourishing the body would have been back when I opted to move from my OBGYN to a midwife and feeling like the midwife was just holding me. Like it, she, she had it. She knew what she was doing. She was able to guide me and to really walk with me through my pregnancies and deliveries, both of which were a little crazy in themselves. So I had been no stranger to holistic healing, and Althea was very outright honest with me that she was not a vet, but that she had been for 40 years studying and practicing, um, you know, just the whole food, the nutrition, the health and well-being of animals. And 
she looks in his eyes and actually then looked in our Stella's eyes as well and could just get a sense for what is going on with them. And then from there was able to give us a plan to guide us to get him back to whole healing. And while we are now only 10 days out from starting that regimen of food and supplements and, um, you know, that type of care, the holistic healing and care that she's providing, I have a really good feeling about it. And I will also say this, on the first day that I ever went to give him Reiki upon his return home, he accepted. We learned to maneuver the type of healing I wanted to give him and how he was going to accept it with each other versus me just going in and doing hands-on with him. We start distantly and then I move in to give him the healing hands-on and he accepts it. And I firmly believe that it was actually the moment of me saying, I am a healer, that was telling the universe, telling God, I'm ready to take on this responsibility of being a healer and helping people and starting with my sweet boy, Nash. And I also firmly believe that my declaration to the universe was how the next day Althea arrived and shared with me, I got you. I never felt so guided, so held, so cared for in all four months of having him and being between multiple vets and just trying to find the right steps for him. No one else made me feel like I was truly being held and truly being heard, seen and heard. And if you listen to my podcast, you know how important I feel it is to see and hear each other as individuals and to meet people where they're at. Never once did Althea make me feel like I had done wrong by using a certain food or listening to, you know, maybe a vet in the past that didn't you know, I don't even know what it is, but never once did I feel wrong in our conversations. I just felt held and seen and heard and listened to. And that is so important in life. And while I don't have the outcome, I can guarantee you that my boy looks healthy now. His hair is growing in fast. His eyes are clear. He just is more exuberant and happy and he was a happy boy prior but he you can just see there's a healthiness about him and I put trust in her and I will never regret putting that trust in her I put it there because I truly felt her best interests were here to help him and it was the only time that I had heard and felt that way with someone wanting to care for him. And so this could be a promo video for the dining dog and Althea there. And I swear to you, I could go on and on and on and on, but I truly believe seeing and hearing each other and telling one another, I got you. 
when you can feel how desperate that person is for help makes all the difference. It brings them peace. It brings them that moment of gratefulness that the weight of the world is no longer only on their shoulders. And that was exactly how I felt when I walked into Althea's store on that Friday before we brought him home. It was exactly how I felt when I first picked up the phone and called them and we started chatting was that slowly the weight of the world of caring for him and figuring this out and researching what to do because no one else was guiding me. My husband and I were doing it all and I suddenly felt all that weight coming off and being held between us caring for him. Do you know throughout his entire recovery she is the only person besides family and friends that checked on him and asked for pictures, texting late at night, asking for updates, and truly just making us feel like we were not alone. And on this Thanksgiving week, I could not be more grateful for her, for Althea, and the dining dog, and all their staff for saving my boy and helping to bring him to health. And truly just holding me in a time where I felt so fragile and life felt so heavy. And so I close this episode with the thought to invite you to think about who needs you in their life to say, I got you. I'm here. You're not alone. I know there's someone. Every one of us knows someone who needs us and we may be missing it. And is that not the purpose of this life, but to guide and love and hold and see and hear each other? I think that's the greatest purpose of all, to do all things in love. And that includes saying, I got you. You're not walking alone. You're never going to have to walk alone through this. I'm going to walk right beside you. It makes it easier on the days that I'm on pins and needles worrying as we await for urinalysis test results. It makes it easier when I wake up and he seems maybe a little bit off that morning that I know I can text someone who cares deeply. And we all get the chance to wake up every morning and want to make that impact on someone else's life. I truly hope this Thanksgiving week you take a moment and think about who you can reach out to and say, I got you. You're not alone. And then keep it going. I just know you're going to touch lives so deeply and so full of love that your light will go out into the world so bright. 
thank you for listening to my story. I actually felt like I was healing through sharing some of the story. I know there's still so much inside of me and so many emotions that come up when I talk about Nash and the story and the lessons that I've learned through having this experience with him. There are so many other friends and family that touched our heart during this time period. I have a very close friend who was on the podcast months ago after Ruby had passed away, Emma Jensen, who is an animal communicator and human design coach. And she also just held me up with the communications and the healings that she's provided to our animals over the last couple of months. And I, I am so thankful right now this week for each one of them. But my heart is especially thankful for Althea and all of the staff of the Dining Dog and for them holding us up, helping us to bear the weight and loving our pup as much as we love him. So I thank all of them and again, I thank each of you for joining here each week and listening in to my life and my story. But remember that everyone's story, while different, I truly believe what happens in one life applies in your life in some way, shape, or form. And to look for those moments in your life. And I hope that what I share with you leads and leads you to peace and happiness and a new way about thinking about the light that you share with the world. Have a great week and I will be back next week in December. Bye-bye.